Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. There's a lot of unpredictability in the situation that you're experiencing and even in your personal life. And then if you're dealing with conditions like dementia, cancer, brain injury, all of those require that you have to continue to attend to a lot of daily tasks that you just can't let go of. You can't let up on them. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're so glad you've joined us. Dr. Linda, I know today's topic has a personal meaning for you. You had to caretake your parents and your in-laws at some point near the end of their lives. It's a lot of work. It's very meaningful. But you're right, Chris. It does have a personal meaning. Mm. And if you, like Dr. Linda, may be a caretaker of someone, you are one out of 65 million people in our country who has this role. And that's approximately 29% of the population. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people that are listening to us right now, Chris, who are in that role of caretaking maybe an elderly parent, maybe a child who has special needs. They don't always get the type of attention that they need because of how difficult this role is. But it's not hard to believe once you begin to talk to people in the church or in your neighborhood, how many people are actually in this role. Most likely, you do know somebody who is caretaking probably right now. Or maybe you are the caretaker. And listen to this. Just from a monetary perspective, families who provide free caregiving services just to the elderly provide an estimated $375 billion worth of services each year. Wow. And this is almost twice as much as what is spent on home care and nursing home services combined. And that's $158 billion. So caregivers are helping to carry the cost of taking care of the elderly. The 65 million people that you mentioned, we couldn't do this without people doing this, or we would have a a public health crisis. Caregivers are needed, they're important, but I gotta tell you, it's not always the easiest job. So if you are a caretaker, I wanna say thank you right now for everything that you're doing. You're valued, you're appreciated, And taking care of others is certainly a biblical concept that we don't want to ignore. You took care of your father until he died at the age of almost 98. What was that like? I feel like I was very fortunate in that my brother and my sister-in-law shared in the responsibilities, Chris. We were blessed to have both of us on the same page, working together. We kind of divided it up where he would do more of the physical care, Mm. and I would do most of the health care and the emotional support. Now, I know that that's not the case in all families. A lot of families, they fight about this. There may be one member who refuses to pitch in, doesn't help. The burden often falls on one person. I saw this. I saw the toll that it took on my my mom when she took care of our grandmother. Even mm. though there were a number of siblings, my mom still bore the brunt of this because she lived in our house. My mom worked a full-time job. She had three children and a husband to care for as well. 
Mm. It was pretty rough. I remember actually, your, was it Monday nights that your dad would call like clockwork? At, <laughs> yeah, he, it got to the point where I talked to him every day, but yeah. there were regular weekly meetings where we would call and we would talk. <laughs> a lot of times we'd talk about football from over the weekend, right, yeah. especially if Michigan was playing because that was his team. <laughs> well, give us an idea of, of who the average caretaker is. So these statistics come from the National Alliance for Caregiving, and my mom and I really fit this profile pretty specifically. of caregivers are women. Mm. Typically, it's a family member that's over the age of 49. I know, surprise, I'm Mm. over the age of 49. (laughs) A woman caring for her widowed mother who does not live with her. She's married. She's employed. So 59% of caretakers have other jobs. Mm. More than one-third of caregivers also have children or grandchildren under the age of 18 living with them. 13% are 65 or older. Half of the women who work have to make accommodations at their work in order to do the job, and they give around 20 hours of caregiving a week. Mm. Even when you know this is what you want to do, it still is very difficult to do. So again, I'm really thanking all of you who are out there who are doing this job. The National Family Caregivers Association reports that almost half of caregivers suffer from depression, two-thirds regularly feel frustrated, And two of five people actually feel debilitated due to the changes in family dynamics that occur from all of the stress related to this. Mm -hmm. I hate to ask this question because I sound like that guy, but why is this so difficult? Number one, it's exhausting. Mm. Uh, One in four give 36 hours a week. That's Mm. a full-time job right Right. there. I I took some quotes from caregivers that I thought would be helpful to to bring into the conversation, and this is one from Eliza. This is taken from caregiver.com. She says, So the difficult, intense journey as a caregiver has begun. Wakeful nights with many assisted bathroom visits, wakeful days of appointments, phone calls, paperwork, feeding assistance, medicine taking, adjusting pillows and legs and heads and room temperature and TV, and of course, many, many more assisted bathroom visits. Eliza's description makes this sound just very intense. Here's another caregiver who says the intensity of the system. So the system is really something in play here, Chris, because Mm. you're dealing with all different healthcare systems and living arrangement people and entities such as driver's license, DMVs. There's so many things that can be involved. This person says that there's a helplessness feeling that comes along with that, as well as a ton of other emotions. Some of the most difficult moments, she says for me, including my father's inability to speak at the end of his life while Mm. having complete awareness of his environment. And she contrasted that with her mother being unaware of her environment and that she died alone. And that still hurts me. And I I think of all the people who had elderly parents during the pandemic who are not able to be with them and were desperate to get in there and be with them. Again, there's a lot to manage here. And one thing you have to manage here is stress. Mm -hmm. It's very high. And it's high because there's a lot of unpredictability. There's a lack of control in the situation that you're experiencing and even in your personal life. A lot of times you have to be very vigilant. You know, parents can fall. They can call Mm. in the middle of the night. And then if you're dealing with conditions like dementia, cancer, brain injury, intellectual disability, all of those require that you have to continue to attend to a lot of daily tasks that you just can't let go of. You can't let up on them. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that all of that stress 
would also affect the caregiver's health if he or she isn't careful. Well, all the stress, what it does is it activates hormones in your body and your blood pressure can rise and your glucose levels can go up, your immune system can lower, and it can make you more prone to infections. So stress management during this is really important, Hmm. but it's tough. And then if you're dealing with your own children on top of this or your own spouse and you have a job, which we'll get into that later, the amount of stress is amazing. Yeah, so you have the people above you that you're taking care of, Mm -hmm. the people below you that you're taking care of with kids, and then you're trying to address your own needs and maybe the needs of your spouse on top of everything. Well, this is going to be an interesting topic to, uh, to dive into. And when we come back, let's talk about how caregivers can prevent burnout and deal effectively with the emotional issues involved. More to come on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. What do Thomas Jefferson, Agatha Christie, Pope John Paul II, and Princess Diana have in common? Well, these notable individuals and many others, past and present, share the habit of journaling. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda, the Relationship Doctor, and I've got some tips for you on the value of journaling. Whether you're just writing down a few thoughts or pouring out your heart on paper, journaling has some real benefits, like getting a handle on your emotions or a better understanding of other people or even organizing your priorities. Sometimes reading your older journal notes will help you appreciate the sweet little details of life you enjoyed but maybe have forgotten. One of the best benefits of journaling comes when you look back and you see how the Lord has been there in all your circumstances, directing your steps and taking care of the things that matter to you. If you've not considered journaling before, give it a try and see which of those benefits journaling might bring your way. Letting Go of Worry by Dr. Linda Mental, available on her website at drlindamental.com and online. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today we are talking about care for the caregiver, and we've got a lot more to talk about, but before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com, and that's where you will find her blogs, books, and you can connect with Dr. Linda on social media. Her latest book, co-authored with physician James Cribbs, is titled Living Beyond Pain. It's a book to help anyone deal with chronic pain. And don't forget, you can also hear today's program in podcast form. If you go to iTunes, you can check it out and download it anytime. You might want to share this with somebody that you know is a caretaker. Mm -hmm. We all need lots of support. Dr. Linda, when we talk about the baby boom era, that covers a, a several years of of folks where are we on that is the baby boom generation beginning to wrap up to where we might see less of an elderly population or will it stay about the same it's more actually and one of the things that we have to really address is are baby boomers able to take care of themselves will they Mm. be in uh, living situations that can continue to make them independent as long as possible it's very different now chris because children, adult children, don't live in the same town. They often have different places where they have jobs. Norm and I are thinking very carefully, based on what we've had to do with all of our parents, how can we make ourselves as independent as long as possible Mm. as we age because of the burden that puts on our children? And we want to try to set that up as responsibly as possible. I struggle with that every day because my parents are not elderly. 
but they will be soon. Yeah. And, you know, I live five hours away. I had to do it with 15 hours each way. Mm. And it was extremely difficult. And fortunately, like I said, I had the cooperation of other people in my family. That's right. really important. Well, let's talk about the emotional issues involved and, and how the caretaker can handle uh, the emotions. One of the things that really comes up is you start thinking about your own mortality. Hmm. And what you would be like at that age. It's hard not to do that when you're dealing with somebody in their 90s. Hmm. You think about the aging process. You wonder what will happen to you. You even think about your eventual death. I don't think that's a bad thing, actually. And as a Christian, we know that this is not our permanent home and that we have the hope of eternity. Hmm. But you can get a little anxious with an uncertain future, and caretaking can bring that front and center for some people. I'm at the age where I haven't looked that far, <laughs> that far mm-hmm. ahead yet, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, it's, it does make you think. It is coming. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt to think about it even at a young stage. Just to mm. begin to think, what would I do? What would our situation be like? I don't want to make people anxious about this, but there is some planning involved in the process. When you're 18, you have that mentality of, I'm never going to die. Right. But when right. you get to be where I am in life, that starts to wear down. And you think, ooh, okay, there are some things to think about here. And it is interesting as well. Uh, we know aging is inevitable. That's what we're talking about. But our culture doesn't seem to value aging like it should probably. We don't really give the honor and the respect toward the elderly. We don't think of them as wise people who have a lot of life experience. It may be better as people are living longer. They have a little more vitality in their life. But we need a lot of patience when we're dealing with the elderly because one day we're going to be on that end. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that I tried to always focus on when I was with my, my parents, that I know that they were failing. I used to think of them and how strong they were when they took care of me, Chris. Right. And then I think they're failing now. It's my turn to be patient. And when we do that, we're also sowing seeds to our children. We're showing our children how to be respectful and how to honor them. And this is, you know, the Bible says, honor your mother and father. And as they're getting older and they're they're failing, their weaknesses are showing more, we can treat them in ways that are respectful that will teach our children to do the same thing with us. You can speak from experience on this. Watching your parents become closer to the end of life might make you think more about where you are with God. Fortunately, all of our parents, all four of them, were believers, mm-hmm. and we know they we have the assurance that they died and they are with God in heaven, so we have that assurance. But if you are unsure as to where your parents stands, talk to them or mm-hmm. talk to a pastor or a priest or someone that you know that they would respect and have them talk through what might happen at the end of their life. We believe we will enter eternal life with God as Christians, And those who also believe on Christ and have asked Him to be the Savior of their life, they will be with Christ and God in heaven for eternity. So for Christians, we are going to be reunited with our loved ones who knew the Lord, and death isn't the end. Mm. That is just so hopeful. Right. Well, that is the comforting part in in this entire message because it's not the end. Right. We are in a, a temporary shell made of clay that we will move out of one day. I heard Tony Evans say that we're citizens of heaven, but Mm -hmm. we're residents of earth. So eventually we go back to our citizenship, which is in heaven. It's a great way to think about it. I do like that thought. And, you know, it's probably normal to think about who will help you when you are old and in need of care. When you're doing this type of thing, I've thought so many times, is anybody going to be doing this with me? 
Mm. Will somebody be helping me with my meals and my medications? And I really think about who's going to help navigate the healthcare system for me <laughs> if I get to the point where I can't, because that is really a tough job. And you do need someone who knows what they're doing when it comes to your own care. One of the biggest issues is fighting discouragement, because the person that you're taking care of may not get better, and they are aging. Right. So it isn't like the trajectory typically is improvement, 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 right? Mm -hmm. So we have to keep this perspective. You know, we're called to take care of other people. It's not going to be easy. It wasn't. I got frustrated with the VA system. Mm. I'm glad there's been a little bit of reform there, but it was so complicated and so difficult to deal with. And I'm in healthcare. (laughs) So I, I, you know, and I can say I'm doctor so-and-so, and and Mm -hmm. that does kind of help open some doors when they're doing that. But I had to be such an advocate for my dad And it would be so difficult for people who don't understand how that federal system works. But doing the right thing can really bring you a sense of peace. It brings you purpose. God understands the difficulty that you're going through in that process. He knows you're making personal sacrifices. He knows how stressful this can be for you. But he promises that he's going to help you. He's going to give you what you need every day. And this is why we pray, give us our daily bread. When I pray that prayer, it's helping me every day to do the things that God is calling me to do. So you are in God's care, and you are going to be a recipient of His love because of that care that you're giving. Dr. Linda, here's a, here's a tough one. When an adult becomes a caregiver, how do unresolved parent and child issues play out? They don't always play out well. Mm, I'm going to be honest yeah. about that. Some adult children hope that caregiving a parent may reverse a damaged relationship, Sometimes it does. I will say that I've worked in therapy with people who have been able to change that relationship at the end of their parent's life. Mm -hmm. But when it doesn't happen, it can just feel like re-injury. And that is really difficult. For example, uh, a daughter who never received her father's approval may be caretaking her father and Mm -hmm. still not getting his approval. So it's like re-injuring that part that was so hurtful all those years. Or a mother who is emotionally unavailable still might be that way, and yet you're caretaking that person and helping. But again, I have seen caretaking turn some of those relationships around. I've seen it both ways. So you do have the chance to deal with the remorse from the past, to ask forgiveness, and maybe discuss some of the things that you regret in the relationship. I remember that my mom took care of my grandfather, her dad, and they sort of forged a whole new relationship. It was, it was In a good way? A very good way, yes. Good. Yeah. And that can happen. So that's the positive side. Mm-hmm. Beth wrote this. An unfamiliar role emerged as I found myself parenting my mom. It felt very unsettling. So in her case, what was happening, Chris, is that she was doing a reversal of roles. She was having to make the meals. She was having to do the kitchen duties, the daily decision, and they were not prepared for this. And this is what happens. There's this reversal of roles. It feels very unnatural at first Mm -hmm. because you're the person who's parenting your own mother or your own father. And both people have to adjust to this. Again, I would say, all right, I'm in a new role here. My parents took very good care of me. Now it's my turn to take care of them. And then I tried to put myself in their place. I tried to think, how hard would it be to be in that reverse role? You know, how hard would it be to suddenly now be like the child and have your own adult child take care of you and have to depend on them? You know, they were independent their entire life until Mm -hmm. this moment. 
So you've got to be very sensitive, maybe talk it out with them, and then come up with some of the expectations involved. I think everything we've talked about thus far talks about or points to burnout for the caregiver. What helps with this? Get into the Word and stay strong in the Lord, number one. Say no and ask for help when you need to. So there may be times you just have to say, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I can't do that today. Don't try to take on more than you can handle. Get some help. Get a, you know, a visiting angel in or a daycare person or someone to help you. Take breaks. Try to refresh yourself. Practice some type of relaxation, whether it's a, a long bath or listening to music. Try to stay healthy. That really helps to keep your body in physical good health, eating well, trying to sleep when you can, exercise, pray. And this is actually something that caregivers report, mm. that prayer is very powerful. And if you start to get depressed, get some help. Get someone to support you. I think getting help is important because you can feel so isolated and alone mm -hmm. in this situation. Well, Dr. Linda, right now, I'll be the uh, caretaker of this program and say that we need to take a short break. But when we return, how does spiritual care help the caregiver? Dr. Linda, one of our listeners asked this question. Sometimes I'm so overcome with worry and anxiety that I, I think I'm losing my mind. Seems I've tried everything from drugs to meditation. Why doesn't anything work? Well, I'm so sorry that your life seems so unmanageable and overwhelming. Too often, though, it does seem nearly impossible to live in peace and contentment because of all the craziness in our world. Did you know that God's plan for handling worry is so simple and yet so perfect that you can begin using it today? Did you know that starting right now, you can begin to cultivate a worry-free life? These aren't pie-in-the-sky promises. They're God's prescription for you to thrive and to soar past your anxiety and worries. Try this. The next time you begin to feel overwhelmed by life's pressures and worry clouds your mind with negative thoughts and depression, say what King David prayed, The Lord is my strength and my shield. Remind yourself that my heart trusts in Him and I am helped. I have so much more good news for you. I hope you'll find it in my book, Letting Go of Worry. Thanks, Dr. Linda. Now that's great advice. You can find God's plan for your peace and contentment in Dr. Linda's book, Letting Go of Worry. It's available wherever you buy your books online. Some days, I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website, drlindamental.com. That's where you can find the book, Living Beyond Pain, and you can connect with Dr. Linda on social media. And don't forget, this program can be listened to again and shared if you go to iTunes and download it as a podcast. Dr. Linda, today, of course, we're talking about care for the, the caregiver. Say more about how our spiritual life can help us deal with the stress of caregiving. The church is all about community. 
And so reaching mm-hmm. out to a friend uh, for encouragement is really a good idea when you're struggling with this and you're stressed. Ask them, how did they do this? If you know somebody who's done it before you, how do they use their faith to stay strong? And it could be an opportunity for you as the caregiver to be more dependent on God in this process. This will maybe force you to your knees a little bit more often. Mm. But again, remembering that as we pray and we ask God for this help and the support, He gives us what we need daily. It may be just for today. It may be that you just need what you need for today, and then you get up and you do this again, and God will help you the next day. You know, Scripture says, Chris, that He carries our burdens and He lightens our load. And what, sometimes when we talk to other people and we get them to pray for us, to help us, to encourage us, that really is the kind of support that we all need. Caregivers really mm-hmm. do need support. Here's what one person said on ALZ.org. It's a site for posting comments about caring for those with Alzheimer's. You will need God, mm. and you will need him for help and to yell at. <laughs> Interesting thing to say. You'll need his guidance, and you'll need to be angry with him. If you don't have him now, find him as soon as possible. Isn't that interesting? It's great, though. It's refreshing, too, because you know what? A faith walk can be frustrating. You're dealing with a parent who now doesn't remember who you are Mm. and doesn't know you, and you just want to yell at God and go, why? Yeah. Why is this? You know, suddenly I have this person who feels vacant Hmm. in uh, my life. And so the anger does come up, and God can handle it. He can take whatever frustration, because this is a job that requires so much patience, so much understanding, and really so much grace. And again, we're trying to honor our parents in this process and remember their dignity, especially if they don't remember who you are. That's really tough. Here's how God helped Etta with her husband who had dementia. She says, words of insult, of deep hurt, come out of nowhere, and in the presence of medical personnel and strangers, and they're all directed at me, they're about me. I take it all knowing this is the disease and not the Isaac that I used to know. I have learned to never question why he says the things he does. I never argue with him or question what he says. Yes, I was verbally offended many, many times, but by now, by the grace and the strength that Almighty God gives me, I guess I managed to let it all pass. I wait for the real friend to come out, even for a few moments. Then my joy is back, as is my willingness to continue the support for my dear friend. Mm. That almost makes me cry. That's really powerful. I think it might be important to remember that when those outbursts happen, Mm -hmm. that's not Isaac. That's the disease. Yeah. I love that. She says that in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Linda, we're getting near to the end of the show. Caretaking is not necessarily all stress. There are some positive sides. Yes, there are so many times you can sit and you can reminisce. You can remember fun moments. You can remember joyous occasions. It can bring you closer to that person. My dad and I had many, many more conversations (laughs) when I was caretaking him. And many caretakers become more confident in terms of their ability to deal with healthcare providers and systems, Mm -hmm. something that can help them in the future as well. So there are many positive things that come out of this. I know a friend who's in her 50s and her dad is, is very old, and she's in this caretaking position, and they have so much fun with it. He has just moved into the role of, hey... You're taking care of me now. That's the way things are. And, and they have a lot of fun. They're they're fun to uh, fun to watch. And as we close the show today, what is the take home message to all caregivers? Make sure you do self care in the process of taking care of someone else in order to prevent the burnout that we don't want you to go into. Take a break. Keep your body physically strong. 
your emotional life regulated with support, and your spiritual life strong. You may never get a lot of accolades for this, but listen, God knows, He sees your heart, and He knows your sacrifice. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. Hey, from all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Alone.